Welcome to the Human Centered Management Podcast. I am delighted to share with you insights, advice, and ideas on how to recenter management on the human side of business. I am your host, Anne-Cécile Graber. Let's get started. Michel Hammer, the international best-selling author, wrote, The soft stuff is the hard stuff, in his book, Reengineering the Corporation. If you wonder how to manage the soft stuff at work, you found the right podcast. Today, I will define what I mean by human-centered management. It is important to share a common definition of it before expanding on other subjects. If you want to hear more about human-centered management after listening to this episode, subscribe to the podcast on the platform of your choice. Here is a short definition of human-centered management. It is the skillful management of an organization based on a growing knowledge and understanding of humans. It is creating organizations for humans by humans. First, we will focus on the why by considering three basic principles of human-centered management, freedom, equity, and humanhood. If you recognized my accent, you may have guessed that I'm French and that the three words originate from the French national motto, which is freedom, equality, brotherhood. I just gave it a twist. I will explain that later on. The three words are reminders for any human-centered manager. Second, we will talk about the how by discovering the importance of psychology and sociology to enable us in working together. Those two sciences are not always highly regarded, but nowadays, with the help of neurosciences, they deliver incredible information on how our brain and body work. Third, we will see that human-centered management alone will not ensure success. So let's begin with the first part of the podcast and the three basic principles. I want to define each one of them because I think it's important that uh, when I say freedom, we get to understand the same thing. And so I'm going to give you a definition of freedom that you may agree or disagree with, but based on this definition, I will be speaking uh, about human-centered management from now on. Freedom is the first grounding principle of human-centered management. To illustrate it, we can imagine that each one of us lives in a bubble. And this bubble is my private sphere. It's where I am free to move, to think, to speak, and to do whatever I want. The freedom that I have is limited by the fact that I should never hurt others. So my freedom stops where the one of others starts. Which means that if I start to hurt myself or to hurt someone else, my freedom is restricted. So you are not free to go to someone and slap him on the face because you're hurting this person. Your freedom is maybe to go to this person and say what you just did is not right, to express yourself. It's important that uh, we learn how to define our own limits which is complex to do because we learn to set limits when we were children and we are living in a world which is 
not as perfect as we could wish for. There is the positive and the negative in life and we know that limits exist because sometimes they get crossed and so sometimes our freedom to be ourselves is not respected by others and that's when we know. So this is first freedom. Being in my bubble, being allowed to do whatever I want as long as I'm not hurting myself or others. The second main idea is equity and not equality. I think it's important that we make the difference between being equal and equity because being equal is receiving the same amount of training if you're an expert as if you were a novice. And it's not fair for the expert because if he gets a training on something he already knows, it's just a loss of money. And maybe the training you're giving to the novice is too complex for him. And then you're also losing money because it's not tailored to the person, but they're treated equally. So what's the problem? You see the problem when you understand what equity is. Equity is about giving what the employee needs to achieve a goal. So the expert would get a training to help him to become an even better expert, while the novice would get the training he needs just to understand whatever he has to learn. Equity is way more important than to be treated equally. We should have this debate first about what is important. Equity or to be equal. Everyone would agree. I would prefer that my needs are answered than just to get exactly the same thing as the other. It seems better to treat people equally, but in the end it doesn't make sense because you are not answering the need of the person which is basically not the optimal way to get a person to give her best at work. You know, we have so much hours in a day, so much energy, so much motivation that you can't really lose your time giving exactly the same thing to everyone. With the current new technologies that we have, we have the capacity to offer personalized trainings based on the people's need. So technology is a multiplier and we could use that to give a personalized personal development when we're talking about treating people with equity. The third aspect that is an important basis is humanhood. I am not really sure it's a real word because we speak about brotherhood, sisterhood. And so I created humanhood because I think we are all human at the end of the day. Even Mark Zuckerberg goes to the restroom, makes mistake and get ill. So even the most successful people based on uh, what we define as success right now are humans. And they achieved incredible things because of a mix of talent, of luck, of being at the right place at the right time, of having the right connections and so on and so on. But at the end, we're all humans. And maybe Mark Zuckerberg could have never created Facebook had he never drank a coffee on that morning. You never know. This means that all the possibilities are open to us. And understanding that we are human is also understanding that we have a body, that we have a soul or a spirit, like whatever you want to call it, the things that is speaking in your head. The fascinating part is that we are all humans with a DNA that is expressing itself in millions of ways that makes us unique. Like each one of us is the one and only version on earth. 
what is important to understand is that the context in which we grow up, in which we evolve, has an impact on our evolution, on our development as a person, as much as our DNA. Some people say that everything is in nature, so when we become who we become, it's just an expression of our genes. Others say, no, the environment is everything. And I am a believer of a mix of the two, like your DNA, the environment in which you evolve. Both of them have an impact on who you are and who you become, how you think, how you feel, how you behave. And so when you have this idea of humanhood, that we're all very different, but still the same, for me, no one is better or worse than, than you. They just are better in some things. That's possible. They, you know, some people think better than you. Some people have a higher emotional intelligence than you. Some people are way better with math than me. Like, uh, that's not a problem. Like, it's totally okay. And I accept it. You're human. So whatever you're experiencing has been experienced by someone else. And so when you have that in mind, you see the person in front of you as a human being. Those three ideas, freedom, equity, and humanhood, are the basis of human-centered management. I could stop my podcast right now and say, well, if you've understood the three things, you're done. But I think uh, I want to speak more about that and to share more on the topic of human-centered management. I said I would start with a basic definition of the three words, so it's done. Now let's start with the second part, which was talking about psychology and sociology and the importance of those two sciences to create a human-centered management that makes sense. And so I approached already the idea of humanhood and being different. And psychology is really fascinating. It hasn't received enough recognition compared to other sciences. The gap between sciences like neurosciences and, and psychology are coming closer every day. Scientists are discovering that there is a very big link between your psychology and your physiology. A very interesting scientist, Professor Julius Kuhl, created the personality system interaction theory in which he explains that basically what's happening in our brain expresses itself in different kinds of personality. I will have to do a podcast on Julius Kuhl and his theory because that would be too much here. But there are obvious links between the neurology, what happens in our brain, which is uh, linked to our body and how it expresses itself in our personality. And I'm really impatient to share those things with you. But what happens when we put two individuals in a, in a room? And if those two individuals create a group with more than two individuals, what happens? And that's the study of sociology. And it's understanding how people behave with each other. And the creation of culture, the emergence of culture within a group of people is inevitable. And when we speak about culture, we can think about the national culture, we can think about the corporate culture, we can think of the culture of the marketing department is different from the culture of the finance department. And that's really fascinating to see how cultures are created, emerge and develop. And Beyond culture, there is the idea that humanity evolved. We started with tribes to nowadays where we have access to water, electricity, at least in the developed countries. 
It's very well explained in Pyrrole Dynamics, which is basically describing different stage of evolution that uh, humanity went through. If you understand that psychology and sociology are so important, then we, we have better tools, ideas on how to create human-centered organizations that are based on the three famous principles, freedom, equity, and humanhood. If you add that up, understanding of psychology and sociology, then you can really start to create a context in which people in your organization, in your team, will thrive. And that's maybe probably the reason why you have a company. You want to thrive. You want to create something. You want to produce an added value to the world and profit from it. And so we come to the third and last point of the podcast, which is that human-centered management on its own is just an utopia. What's the point to be super human-centered if you don't have a goal? My first question is... Why do you want to lead? What is your goal? The main idea is that if you do not have a clear goal, you're going to run into a wall. If you don't have a, a goal or a problem to solve, human-centered management is useless for your business. The art of creating a service or a product that the world needs, plus human-centered management principles, will ensure you that you as a person feel recognized because you will be treated as a human being and you will treat others with Augenhöhe, would say the Germans, which means the eyes are at the same level, meaning I'm not super, I'm not your superior, I'm not your inferior, we are at the same level. And I don't want to say equal because I said earlier that we are all different and so we are not equal, we are different, but we deserve to be treated with equity. And so as a conclusion... Everything comes back to those top three principles supported by psychology and sociology and having a clear goal. What I see in the world is that there is so many information about how do I get financing right? How do I make sure that my marketing strategy is working? How do I make sure that, that the art stuff works? But we always forget about the humans in the organization. And then we wonder why some employees come and go. We wonder why there are people that have a burnout. I want you to really think about human-centered management as one support to help you deal with humans at work. Today, we explored the three basic principles behind the human-centered management, which are freedom, equity and humanhood. We also considered the importance of psychology and sociology when we want to create an organization that is functional. And at last, but not least, we reminded ourselves that human-centered management alone won't bring you anywhere. You need a goal for your organization, a purpose, something to go after. Thank you for listening to the podcast until the end. It shows me that it brought you something and it makes me so happy. You can find me on Twitter at acgraber underscore on LinkedIn and on my website acgraber.com. To show your support, do not hesitate to give me feedback with some stars or a like depending on the platform you're using. I'm impatient to see you again. Have a great time. Bye-bye.